This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. What a beautiful song. What a great prayer to sing to God. Whatever your will is, come and do it here. I mean, that, that's my prayer for us as a church, as we continue pursuing after Jesus together, and as we step into this season of fall that we're running into, and And I'm excited because I believe that God's got some good things for us as we lean in together to let him guide and lead us. And and so today we're starting a brand new series that we're going to spend the next six weeks in called Ride the Wind. And what we're going to be exploring together is how we get to partner with God in this new life that Jesus brings us into. And, And as God's spirit shows up in our stories, he guides us and leads us and And he does an incredible work within us, but we get to partner with him in that. We get to participate in that growth with him. And I'm excited for this series because we're going to be leaning in together as a church. Our community groups for these next six weeks are going to be leaning into this teaching series together. And we're creating a special study that our groups are going to be doing. And so I think for every single one of us that lean in and participate in this together, we're going to see God move in our lives and in our church in this time. And I'm grateful to see what God has for us because I I believe that as our church community comes together, even though we're scattered in the reality of COVID, as we lean in together as church and and our groups, we're going to see God grow us. We're going to see God grow us together as, as we experience the wind of his spirit at work within us. And I just, I love that picture, that idea of ride the wind that God's spirit is like a wind that moves in our lives because the, the wind is a powerful force. It, it moves things. I remember experiencing this years ago when I was out on a, a lake in, a, in the mountains in Southern California and I got to get on a, a windsurfing board with the sail and everything. And I'd never done this before, but I thought, let's give this a try. And, and it was a fascinating experience. It was so much fun and frustrating at the same time. But what I began to experience is as I stepped out on the surfboard floating out on the water that, that I had this sail that I could pull up and, and if I could angle it just right in the wind, I would begin to move. And, and yet it was easy for me to get frustrated with the process at times, just trying to get the angles right. And there were a couple of times where I just said, forget this. And I just dropped the sail and just thought, I'm just going to paddle to shore. And, and yet what had happened every time I would just drop the sail, I, I found that I was just dead in the water, stuck in the middle of the lake. So no matter how much I tried to paddle that board, I couldn't make progress. I was just kind of spinning in circles. And so when I found that I was just willing to do, the, do my part and lift that sail up out of the water and angle it right and let the wind catch it, something incredible happened. I began to move. Not because of any effort I did to make it happen, but I was just simply partnering with the wind in the process and And I had movement in my life because of that. And I think it's so much the same idea when it comes to walking with Jesus and stepping into this new life that he's come to give us, that he invites us into, that that Jesus said that he'd give us his spirit when we begin to follow him and walk with him and his spirit begins to move in our stories, moving us in life. Like, Like the spirit begins to move us out of darkness into light. The spirit begins to move us out of our brokenness and the mess and hurt of our stories and moves us into healing and into restoration, moving us more fully into this life that Jesus said he came to give us. I mean, Jesus said, I've come to give you life, life to the full. And this is why encountering Jesus is such 
good news. Like forever life changing news. We're told that God loves us so much that, that he sent his son, he sent Jesus to come into this world, to come for us, to, to come and bring us back into life, to bring us back into new life with God. And, and see, Jesus came to rescue us out of our brokenness and mess and begin to restore us and transform us with his story. And then Jesus said, I've got a new life for you and I'm gonna give you my spirit to now empower you to live in that life, my spirit's going to show up and begin to transform you from the inside out. And we will be changed to become the people we were created to be as the spirit of God shows up in our lives, helping us to become people that would reflect the beauty of God to the world around us. And see this good news that Jesus has for us, this, this news of hope and rescue and restoration of the spirit of God coming into our story. It's, it's such a different way of experiencing new life than what we so often find when it comes to religion and what religion would tell us about how we find new life. I mean, re religion tells us this. If you want to be right, you've got to do all the right things. And you have to jump through all the right hoops and, and be better than the people around you. And, and you have to be good enough. And then just maybe, just possibly, God might like you. And yet that's not the message of Jesus. What Jesus offers us is so, something so much different, something so much better. And, and, and yet it's so different from the religious approach that the religious leaders in Jesus' day didn't really know what to do with him. They didn't know how to make sense of him. And in fact, oftentimes they found themselves at odds with him. And, and we see this, this interaction between Jesus and a religious leader when, when this man named Nicodemus, who was one of the religious leaders in Jesus' day, comes and wants to have a conversation with Jesus about what he's all about. And, and we're told that Nicodemus comes to meet with Jesus at night. And, and I love that he's kind of sneaking out to meet with Jesus. He's, he's not sure yet if Jesus is going to help his street cred or not. And, and so he comes to meet with Jesus at night. And, and he's saying, okay, help, help me understand. Like, we, we know that you're doing these things that have to be from God, but I don't fully understand what you're about. And, and Jesus tells Nicodemus, listen, no one's going to see the kingdom of God in their life and, unless they're born again. And Nicodemus is kind of scratching his head and, and he says, like, how can that be? I mean, how can an old man like me climb back into my mother's womb and be born again? And, and Jesus is like, listen, listen no, no, it's, it's about experiencing new life. It's about being born of the Spirit. That's how you get to step into the kingdom of God. And Jesus goes on to explain this because what he's trying to help Nicodemus understand is this isn't about some religious approach to God. It's about experiencing being made new as I show up in your story and the Spirit of God moves in your life. And so Jesus goes on in John 3 and he, he continues talking with Nicodemus and this is what he says. He says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. So you should not be surprised by my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it's coming from or where it's going. And so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You see, what Jesus invites us into is not some new religious system. No, it's a whole kind of new life, a relationship with God that's lived as we are empowered by His Spirit showing up in our lives at work in our stories. And, and as we step into this new life, as we embrace this new life that Jesus offers us, well, the Spirit of God shows up in our stories and 
begins to work within us. It's the Spirit of God who begins making us new. I, I want us to check out this video from a, from a group of guys called The Bible Project that unpacks the, the Holy Spirit in a really great way. We showed this a couple weeks ago and thought it was such a great picture of how the Spirit of God is shown to us in the, in the biblical stories that we wanted to show it to you again. So take, take some moments and check this story out. If you've ever heard the phrase, the Holy Spirit, and you want to know what it means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place. But then above the chaos, God's Spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but... What is God's Spirit? Yeah, so the Spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to clear your throat at the end. So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy? How so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right. Wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. So you feel that inside you. Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply. That too is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah, ruach. Now, as we continue on in the story of the Bible, we see God's Ruach giving special empowerment to people for specific tasks. The first person in the Bible this happens to is Joseph. God's Spirit enables him to understand and interpret dreams. And then it happens to this guy named Bezalel, and he's an artist. God's Spirit empowers him with wisdom and skills. He's given creative genius to make beautiful things in the tabernacle. And we also see God's Ruach empower a group of people called the prophets. They're able to see what's happening in history from God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's Ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A new type of disorder. Yes. And the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others. How will this new act of God's spirit happen? Well, centuries pass and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River. Yeah, the sky opens up and God's spirit comes and rests on him like a bird. This story is saying that God's spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. And we see this happening when he heals people or forgives their sins. He's creating life where there once was death. Now, Israel's religious leaders oppose Jesus, and they eventually have him killed. But even here, God's spirit is at work. The earliest disciples of Jesus, who saw him alive from the dead, said it was God's energizing spirit that raised Jesus. This is the beginning of new creation. Yes, and it's still going. When Jesus appeared to his closest followers, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And soon after that, the Spirit powerfully comes on all of his disciples. So that they can become a part of this new creation and share the good news and learn how to live by the energy and influence of God's Spirit. And so today, 
The spirit is still hovering in dark places. Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And the Christian hope is that the spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity, living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving spirit. I mean, how, how incredible is that, that when Jesus shows up in our story, he gives us the Spirit of God, and then the Spirit of God begins to work within us. And, and I love this because this is so different than in a, re, a religious approach to God, or a religious approach that says, no, you've got to earn this, earn it, earn it, earn it. See, we, we don't earn it because of what we've done we're given it because of what Jesus has done. Jesus has made it possible for us to have this new life. And, and it was a revolutionary idea in his day that transformed his first followers and, and continues to transform every person who steps into this new life that Jesus has. We don't have to earn it. It's given to us. One of the early Christian leaders writes about this great hope that we can have. This guy named Paul writes about this in Ephesians, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Look, listen to what he says about how we experience this new life. He says that God saved you by His grace when you believe. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. So salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it. Now we are God's workmanship, God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Like God has a plan for our life and He wants to lead us into it. And and we don't have to earn it. We receive it as a gift that Jesus gives us. And then Jesus gives us his spirit. So Paul goes on a few sentences later and he writes this, Ephesians 2.18. He says, Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. See, we don't earn this new life. We receive it by placing our faith in Jesus, trusting that what he's done is enough for us. And there's such freedom in that. We don't have to strive or struggle or wonder if we're good enough. Jesus makes us good and gives us his spirit and empowers us to live this life as he works within us. And just because this is something that God does for us, it doesn't mean we don't have a role to play in it. It doesn't mean that we don't have a, a role to play in participating in this new life, in our spiritual growth. In fact, God invites us to partner with Him so we can grow. There's a role for us to play in this story. I mean, it, it's kind of like getting a suntan. So I have some amazing daughters, and they are gifted and blessed with the ability to tan really well in the summer, and that's a gift mom gave them. So Christy's got some Dutch-Indonesian background in her story, and and so it's amazing to watch what happens. Our, our daughters become her daughters in the summer, and then they're, they're their white dad's kids in the winter. But my girls have this ability, if they step out into the sun, to glow and get a tan. And, and yet they could just sit at home on their devices and just be like, hey, make it happen, make it happen. But no, they've got a partner in the process. And when they step out into the warmth and light of the sun and open themselves up to it, they begin to glow. I mean, it's so much the same in our relationship with God that both God and us have a role to play in this new life Jesus gives us, in the role of the Holy Spirit at work in our stories. We have a, a role to play and God has a role to play because this is a relational journey. As we partner with God and what He's doing, we get to participate with Him.
by pursuing him and partnering with him in what he's doing. And, and so let's talk about that. Let, let's talk about what it looks like to, to live in this interactive dynamic between God and us, to partner with God. What's God's role in this new life and in our spiritual growth and our transformation as the Spirit works in our story? And, and what's our role? And so let, let's talk about God's role first. So this is God's role. God's role is this. He guides us and leads us as his spirit works within us. Because this is what Jesus said he would do for us. He promised to give us the spirit of God. I mean, listen to what Jesus says in John 14. Listen to what he says about this. Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And so what he's saying is if you really believe that I'm good, that I'm for you, then listen to me when I talk to you about life, that what I have to say to you is going to lead you into good things. So if you love me, obey my commandments, and, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth, and the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And see, Jesus talking to his first followers can say to them, you know this Holy Spirit, because he's been with you this whole time working in me. And, and now I'm getting ready to go back to the Father, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who will not only be with you, he will be in you. And this promise is for all of us who come and place our faith in Jesus, that Jesus sends the Spirit of God to come and be in us. And, and what's the Holy Spirit do? He, he guides us. He guides us in the truth. And Jesus says it again in John 16, 13. He says that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. See, when the Holy Spirit shows up in our stories, he begins to work within us, transforming us and changing us from the inside out and guiding us into what is good and true and beautiful about life, inviting us into that life. So, so let me say, if you're, if you're somebody who's kind of exploring faith or you've been hanging out with us, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad you've been leaning in, even in this COVID time, just wondering more about Jesus. But if you would say like, yeah, I, I kind of think I'm a spiritual person. Man, I'm so glad you're listening right now because here's what I would want to tell you. Jesus wants to lead you into new life. He wants to give you growth. He wants to lead you into good things. And and this life he has is for you just as much as it's for anyone else because it's for all of us. And so I would encourage you, keep checking out Jesus because he has something for you. And when we step into that life of faith with Jesus, his Holy Spirit begins to move in our lives, guiding us and leading us into good things. And so how does he do that? Like, what does it look like to have the Holy Spirit move in our lives, to, to have that wind of the Spirit moving us forward in life? I think sometimes what, what we have is this expectation, like we're waiting for this audible voice to show up and move in our story. And, and yet, I don't think it's always the audible voice. I mean, we have God speaking to us in the scriptures, his word given to us in that way. But we also have his spirit at work within us. And I think what's really beautiful about that is God doesn't have to use words to talk to us as his spirit moves us. I think he gives us thoughts and ideas and desires. I mean, have you ever had just a sense of, oughtness in your life like like a sense that you ought to do something and you know it's not just your own thoughts it's as if someone else is showing up and leading you into a moment 
Like maybe a friend comes to mind, somebody that just kind of comes to heart and mind and, and you have a sense that you, you ought to be praying for them right now. That, that you need to reach out to them and just see how they're doing and encourage them in some way. Or, or maybe there's a sense of oughtness in your life that God's meeting you in the places of hurt and brokenness and, and he's wanting to begin to lead you into healing. And, and one of the things he's wanting to encourage you to do is to begin to offer forgiveness to the people that have hurt you. And you're wrestling with that because it seems like a big ask. And yet what God is saying is, I want freedom for you. And there's the sense of this is something I ought to do as I trust him. Or, or maybe God's working in the places in your life and story where you've caused hurt to other people. And, and he's wanting to grow you into a person of forgiveness. And instead of justifying yourself or, or saying, I, making excuses, he's like, no, offer the same forgiveness I offer you. I want you to Go and ask for that forgiveness so again I can bring healing and freedom into your story. See, that, that idea of God moving in our lives and, and creating a sense of oughtness as a, is so often how I think He moves, how that wind of His Spirit works in our story. Those are the moments when God is doing His part. Those are the moments when His Spirit is, work, is at work within us, guiding us and leading us more fully into the truth of His goodness for us. And that's the wind blowing in your life, in your story. That's the time when you raise the sails to let God move you more fully and completely into the new life He has for you. See, because that's His job. That's His role in our story with Him, in this relational journey together. And then our job, our role, is to respond. It's to raise our sails and say, okay, I'm going to partner with you, and so move me into those things that you're doing in my story. Move me into the places you have for me. See, our job in partnering with him is to lean in and to listen as he guides and leads and respond as his spirit works in our story. And sometimes we're going to get it right. Sometimes we're going to hear well and respond. Sometimes we won't, and that's okay. It's a trial and error. Sometimes it's just figuring it out as we're learning to hear his voice. It's the relational journey we're growing into. Years ago, long before Christy and I were married, uh, when we were just beginning to meet, I, I was living in San Diego and I was getting ready to go on vacation, heading back to the LA area to visit my family and my friends. And, and so I'm, I'm getting all ready. I'm in, I'm in like task mode, I'm in go mode. And, and so I'm pulling into a gas station to fill up before I drive north to LA. And, and I'm just kind of in rush mode. So I just want to get gas, go in and grab some snacks for the road. And so as I'm walking into the gas station, there's some tables that are set up for people to sit at. And there's this guy sitting out there. And you can kind of just tell he's, he probably doesn't have a place to live. And he's just kind of hanging out at the gas station. And, and I'm just kind of head down walking by. And he says, hey, hey, talking to me. He's like, hey, do you have some money? Could you spare some change? And, and I'm just like, like not in the zone of paying attention. I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry, man. I don't have anything. I'm busy. And I just kind of walk into the store and just brush him off. So now I'm in the store and I'm kind of looking at things that I want to buy so I have some snacks for the road trip and I feel the wind blow. <laughs> it's this sense in which God just kind of shows up and that oughtness stirs in my thinking and in my heart. And it's as if God is kind of pressing in saying, Joel, you just missed a moment I had for you. And I'm like, oh, but God, I don't have time for this. I'm trying to get on the road for vacation. And yet that feeling of oughtness is, is there. And I realized in that moment, I, I've got a choice. I can partner with God in this moment. I can respond. I can lift my sail and let him move me into what he has for me. Or I can ignore it. I can drop the sail and just try to paddle in circles on my own. 
And so I decide to say yes to what God's putting in my heart in that moment. And so I go and I, I grab a couple sandwiches, I grab a couple of drinks, I, I pray for him, and then I walk back out. I find where the guy, he's still sitting there, and, and I walk up to him and I say, hey man, I, I'm so sorry I just brushed you off like that. Like I'm, I'm getting ready to head north to, to go and spend some time with my family, and I was just really excited for that. But I, I, I just feel like you, you needed some food, and so w- would you want to have lunch with me? And so he just says, oh, that's awesome. That's what I wanted the money for. Man, those times when we judge people instead of just giving them the benefit of the doubt. And, and so I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm, I'm an introvert. So meeting somebody new can create awkwardness. And the whole time I'm just thinking like, all right, God, so maybe you're going to use this moment for me to get a chance to share about you with him and, and just kind of pour some seeds of love into his life. And, and so if that's what you want to do, I'm open. And so we start talking. I just introduce myself. He introduces himself. And, and I take the first bite of my sandwich. And he says to me, so what do you think about Jesus? And in my mind, I'm like, that's my line. He stole my line. I'm supposed to talk to him about Jesus. And I'm like, God, what's going on? I don't understand. And, and so we spend like 30 minutes at lunch together as he's telling me all about how awesome Jesus is and how Jesus is showing up in his story. And I'm just saying like, yeah, it's like, I like him too. He's done cool things in my story. And, and then we kind of just finished lunch. And I'm like, well, I, I'm going to get on the road. You know, have a good day. And, and he says, yeah, man, thanks for lunch. Have a great trip. Can I just tell you how confused I was in that moment? Like, I, I get in my car and I'm like, God, what was that? Like, I knew you were moving me into a moment, but I don't, like, I thought I was supposed to tell him about you. And here he is telling me about him. And, and as I'm driving and just kind of processing what happened with God, I, I pull onto the on-ramp and I get into the flow of traffic. And I see out of the corner of my, my eye a car coming in the fast lane, passing the flow of traffic that we're in. Suddenly it blows out its tire. The car does a 90 degree pivot turn and flow and like just streams across the flow of traffic. And I grip the wheel and I just watch. And it's one of those moments where slow motion hits and this car comes across the full lane of traffic and doesn't touch any of us and, and comes up on the embankment and comes to a gentle stop. And I remember zipping past and looking at the people in the car and they're sitting there, their eyes wide, but they're like, we're okay. And I look at a couple of the cars around me and we're all kind of looking at each other like, we're all okay. And we keep driving. And in that moment, it's like God broke in again and, and put these thoughts in my head. And it was just, this, this was the idea. It was this, hey, Joel, if that was your moment, if that had been your homecoming, you know what you would have been able to say to me when we met face to face? You would have been able to say, God, I listened to you at that gas station. I let you move me. I let your spirit work in my story. So you would have stepped into eternity knowing that I was breathing you forward. And I remember thinking in that moment, oh God, I, I want to hear your voice. I want your spirit to move me. I want to know how to raise the sail in my life so I can move more fully into the life you have for me. And so would you teach me to hear your voice? I don't want to miss it. I want to grow into the person you've created me to be. So help me to do that. And see, that's how it works. God moves. His spirit begins to breathe in our life. He begins to blow the wind of his goodness. And we listen and respond and let him lead us into moments. And we don't have to make sense of every moment. Our job is simply to be faithful and let him work in us. 
and let him grow us in this relationship with him. And as we pursue him, as we lean in and listen to his spirit at work within us, we get to participate in our growth as he guides us and leads us. We get to participate in our ongoing spiritual growth because this is a relational journey with him. Which is why we're taking this journey for the next six weeks together as a church both in our teaching and in our community groups. We're taking this journey together because our spiritual growth is a relational journey. A journey between us and God as His Spirit works within us. But it's not a solo endeavor because God created us for relationship, relationship with Him and with one another. That means that you and I, we grow best when we're living our lives in context with God and each other, because we share this relational journey together, we can help each other grow. Check this out. The Spirit of God who's at work in me is the Spirit of God who's at work in you, who is the Spirit of God who is at work in all of us as we be church together. That means we can participate not just only in, not just in our own journey we can participate with one another in our collective journey we help each other grow because we get to encourage each other along the way we get to walk together and say god's at work in your story even if it's hard right now don't give up he's not giving up on you and we get to inspire each other as we as we model what it looks like to follow god together and not that we brag but it's the sense of like no, I've seen God work in my story. I know He can do it for you too. We can help each other. We can help each other learn and experience God at work in our stories as the Spirit's moving. And we can look out for each other. Those times in our lives when maybe we're about to make some stupid decisions or, or our attitude is just in the wrong place, we need friends who will come alongside us and, and challenge us towards God's best for us. See, I think there's this spiritual kind of growth equation that God has the way He's designed it to work. This is the spiritual growth equation. It goes like this. God's spirit plus me plus we equals ongoing growth. And if we play our part and we walk together and we listen to God, we will grow more and more into who he's created us to be. We will grow deeper into this new life that Jesus offers us as his spirit works in our story. And so as you think about that equation, you think about participating with other people, have you experienced that? Have you helped others experience that? I mean, just right now, think about your life. Who is somebody who inspires you to keep chasing after God? Who is somebody who encourages you when you need that encouragement in your life and in your story? I mean, who is somebody that has permission to challenge you and to help you chase after what God's best is for you? And who do you get to do that for? And this is what we're going to grow together in learning to do over these next six weeks as we chase after what God has for us. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to lean in together to help each other hear the wind of God's voice in our stories. And we're going to explore how the Spirit begins to show up and how the Spirit wants to work and meet us in our circumstances. The good times, the hard times, how the Spirit's always at work in our stories and our circumstances. 
We're going to explore how the Spirit of God wants to work in our relationships. We're going to talk about that in more detail, how He works between us and in us to help, help each other grow. We're going to explore how the Spirit wants to lead us into opportunities to serve others so we can live a bigger life than simply being consumed with ourselves. We're going to explore how the Spirit wants to continue revealing truth to us, that as we listen to Jesus and what He tells us about life, we'll experience more of this life He's given us. And we're going to explore how the Spirit invites us to practice spiritual rhythms in life that help us learn how to raise our sails and hear the voice of God as He moves us more fully into this life together. And I'm excited for what we're going to do over these next six weeks because as we lean in to God's Spirit, as we raise our sails, we will begin to participate in our growth together as God guides us and leads us, as His Spirit moves within us. And so let's invite Him to work in our lives. Let's invite Him to work in our church in this coming season. And so I want to invite you to to pray this prayer with me. Just let my prayer in this moment be your prayer. And so let's go and ask God to do a work in us. Let's, Let's put our hands open asking Him to move in our lives. And so pray this with me. Oh, Father, you're so good to us. So would you come and move in our stories? Would your spirit be at work guiding us and leading us? Would you give us ears to hear what you want to say to us? Would you show up and lead us more fully into this new life that you have for us? And would you help us help each other? Help us help each other raise our sails so we can experience more of this life you have for us as you move us more deeply into new life with you. So God bless you. This is going to be a great journey. I'm looking forward to what he has for us together. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.